Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast with Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast and this is Pastor Greg. I'm here with Pastor Aaron and Pastor Brad and uh, we're talking about breakfast food this morning. Uh, Pastor Aaron, what's your favorite breakfast food? Homemade biscuits and gravy. Homemade biscuits and gravy. Can you, you eat that quite a bit, huh? Oh, I can eat that breakfast, lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All right. <laughs> Pastor Brad, what about you? I'll eat anything, but I really do love a breakfast burrito. Something about it from McDonald's, a breakfast burrito, but breakfast burrito combo. Breakfast burrito combo. Okay. Right. You know which number that is on the draft? I think it's number seven, which is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we're talking about breakfast this morning because we're, we're looking at the story of, of Jesus and Peter uh, having a discussion, but really having breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, but even deeper than that, having reconciliation, right? I love this story of, of Jesus finding Peter on the seashore. And uh, the interesting thing is, Sunday, prior to this recording, I preached a sermon about this. But Brad, as we were preparing for the show, you told me you had just preached, um, tell me when? It, a couple of Wednesdays. I think it was the Wednesday after Easter, if I'm correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and so tell me a little bit about your, your sermon. We, we thought it'd be neat to talk about how each of us unknowingly preached the same thing within a couple of weeks of each other. So our, our focus with the teens on Wednesday night was really looking at the parallel of Peter, like, you know, at the crucifixion where he denies Christ three times. And Christ then at this moment is, we see that uh, restoration, that healing that comes from him asking the question, do you love me three times? And we see that parallel. Um, the three points were just questions and statements from Jesus. First one is, do you love me? Second one, feed my sheep. And last one is follow me. Kind of looking at the conversation that mm-hmm. takes place there. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing that I thought was so... Well, I guess stood out to me the most was Peter was trying to earn Christ's love in that moment. Yeah. Right? And I think we can get yeah. in that same spot. When we fail, we mess up. We feel like we have to earn it and, and fight for it. And so Peter and the other thing was the um, the garment. When, when you talk about him fishing and, mm-hmm. and he has the garment is off while he's fishing. And it really is like he's accepted. I, I can't go back to Christ. I have to go back to where yeah. I first was. And so he has this garment off. And mm. we talked about the importance of this garment throughout the whole series. Of, we did a series from um, Christmas through Easter, Life of Christ, and kind of looking at different po- points. And the garment, the outer garment is something that we see th- all throughout Scripture, but uh, especially through that, that little um, piece of time. But taking off that outer garment, that humility that comes with that. And so for him to say, like, kind of like submitting himself back to where I came from, and my mm. past, mm. and then when he sees Christ, he puts it back on, which would be symbolizing, you know, putting back on, like trying to make himself look really good before Christ. Right. And then right. all the other disciples are in the boat; they're going to head towards Jesus to get to the shore. But what does Peter do? <laughs> I, I'm going to dive out of the boat. I'm the first <laughs> one to get to him. I've got to show him that I, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. I, I got to be there. And then they're all back up. They're pulling those fish. How many was it? 100, 150. Okay, this is funny that you mentioned this. 153 fish mm-hmm. because remember they had they had fished all night long yeah hadn't caught anything and jesus arrives and says basically when you uh when i studied that out he's i think he said it very tenderly i think mm-hmm. he said you have no fish you have caught nothing have you yeah basically i think in a tender way 
expressing to them, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. But I think he did it with love. Yeah. But at any rate, they cast on the on the right side. They caught 153 fish. The funny thing is, at the 11 o'clock service on Sunday, as I was preaching, I kept saying 158 fish. And I caught myself because the <laughs> scripture was actually on the screen. Yeah. And I caught myself. And immediately I said, well... Any good fishing story gets <laughs> <laughs> exaggerated. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, I thought, you know, as we reflect, as uh, we should be reflective practitioners as ministers, I thought, well, I don't remember now at the nine o'clock service if I kept saying 153 or 158. <laughs> so I thought at some point I may go back and look at the look at the video on that yeah. and see if I exaggerated at nine o'clock as well. But I caught myself right in midstream. <laughs> <laughs> but any good fishing story needs exaggerated. Yeah. But I love what you're saying, Brad. It's like Peter was trying to fix himself in some mm-hmm. ways, trying to earn salvation. Yeah. It's it's and it's the hardest to forgive ourselves, isn't it? It is. But uh, what were you saying on that? He 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 basically put the garment on. He jumped into the See, the rest of them rode back in. He yeah. jumped in to swim. And then back. he tried to drag the fish up on. He, he's the first one to run down there and try and drag <laughs> all these fish back right. to Jesus. And so, and even what you were just saying, you know, it's the beauty of this story is really looking at that parallel to the first calling. Like mm. we, we have that similar story of, mm. you know, Jesus comes over and says, hey, cast your nets on the other side, just like in the first time they did it when he first met the disciples. Yeah. And, and, and they're, Having the same struggle, they can't they can't catch anything. They cast on the other side. Same thing. That's a powerful thought when you compare those two stories. Mm. It's almost like Christ is saying, "I still have all power. Mm. I'm still the same Christ that you met before all of this." Yeah. And even though you have blown it, I still want to show you my great power, and I want to transform your lives again. Mm. That's pretty pretty neat. Even the fire, like when you think about them mm. around that fire, having that conversation. Where was Peter when he denied Christ at the fire getting right. warm? And so I think even though, you know, I think yeah. Christ is just the way he orchestrates everything he, in our life. He is such a great teacher, yeah, but also a, such a great illustrator. Mm-hmm. And all these things that you're describing down to the fire, all of those things tied to visuals that the, the disciples and especially Peter would have had in their minds. Yeah. And it brought back, I'm sure, his love and tender love for them, his care for them, his teaching to them as he was coming to restore them. Mm. That's that's so good. How did you close your sermon out, Pastor Brad? We talked about follow me, that idea that, you know, once we come to that idea that Christ's love is that gift of mm-hmm. salvation, that's gift of salvation that it's it's for us to receive. Um we don't have to earn it. We truly do just receive this free gift that he has for us. He tells Peter, follow me. Um, and the ending of that whole story of just how he tells Peter, stretch out your hands. And um, that whole time he's really working through like, do you love me? And it's these two mm-hmm. different types of love, right? The sacrificial right. life, right. love versus the um, affectionate love. And so Peter keeps saying, I affectionately love you. Mm-hmm. But he kind of stops himself from doing the sacrificial at the end of the story, when Christ says, stretch out your hands towards me, and he's saying, follow me, he's really saying, Peter, I already know that you sacrificially love me. Because what he actually does in that is kind of points to how Peter's life ends, mm-hmm. that he's going to end yeah. that sacrificial love that you're going to give your life for me, 
for me. And yeah. I know that you've sacrificially loved me. Now pick up your cross and follow me type idea. And so I think that's beautiful for us as followers as well. He says to Peter, basically, right now you go where you want to go. Yeah. But when you're older, somebody's going to bind you mm. and take you where you don't want to go. Yeah. And he was speaking of the death that Peter would die. And sure enough, Peter died a martyr for mm. Christ crucified upside down because he said it wasn't worthy to be crucified like his Lord speaks to such the transformation of this Peter who was boisterous, the denier, Mm. but Christ is saying, I'm here to restore you and I'm going to transform you so much that you're not going to deny me again. You're actually going to die as a martyr for Mm. me. That is so powerful. The power of the grace of God, right? Power of the grace of God. You mentioned the love part. We lose some of that in our translations, and I appreciate you bringing that out because it's easy in our modern translations just to see love, 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 mm. but it was different kinds of love and a depth to love, and Christ was taking him somewhere yeah. and making a point, and thank God for the restoration of Jesus Christ, and it is all by him, right? Yeah. All absolutely. by him. We don't earn it. We receive it. He transforms us by his grace. Hey, come back after the break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Josie. We hope you are enjoying this episode of the Bad Preaching Podcast. Please join Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg each week and enjoy the discussion. Find our weekly sermons on Facebook or YouTube. Just search Nortonsville Church of God or visit our website for a podcast recording of each sermon at nortonsvillecog.com. Well, welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast. This is, uh, I guess we'll call it our breakfast edition, but uh, Pastor Aaron, you were supposed to bring breakfast, right, for the recording today? Oops. <laughs> Oops, I, I guess he forgot. Uh, it's not too late. Breakfast ASMR. I, I think I can still make it. You can still, you can still make it, make it back, right? Yes, we sir. might have it for lunch, but uh, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let you Good slide. You can biscuits and gravy. I know you're, you're caught on, caught on those biscuits Ooh. and gravy. But we're talking about Peter and Jesus and the restoration of Peter, the transformation of Peter. And uh, Pastor Brad, I really enjoyed your overview of your sermon Thank you. that you shared with the, the, the young people. Uh, a few weeks ago, and um, there was so much in this story, but I think of things like this, failure isn't final. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter went back to what he knew. How many times in our lives have we gone back to what's comfortable, what we knew, in some ways what we were before? He had denied Jesus three times, and he just went back to fishing. He went back to fishing, and he, he told the others, he said, I'm going fishing. There's no sin in fishing. Mm. There's nothing wrong with fishing. But in Peter's case, there is something wrong with that. Because if you're called to be a disciple of Christ, and in Peter's case, he was going to become an apostle. Mm. um, If you're called to do those things, you can't fish. (laughs) You have to do what the Lord calls you to do, right? And we we can relate to that sitting here recording in, in called to ministry there, there are things that any of us would have would love to do. There, I, I would love to be full time in certain things. I love education, uh, for example, that I did for sixteen years. But if you're called to preach and pastor, you have to follow the calling. Mm. You have to do what the Lord's called you to do. And so Peter went back to his old life. And what I what I got out of that, if you read that, when he said to the others, "I'm going back," they said, "We're going with you. Mm. We're going to go with you." And I think as individuals, we have to remember and realize we influence people. Yeah. Uh, the people in our inner circles, our friends, our family, um, people that are watching us, maybe that we don't even realize they're taking note of our lives. But Peter influenced the others 
And they went back too. Yeah, let me let me just read from this passage uh, here in John chapter 21. Starts at verse 1 and says, And after this, Jesus revealed himself to the disciples. He revealed himself himself in this way, Simon Peter, Thomas. So here, here are the ones who went back to fishing with Peter. It was Thomas, uh, Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were with him. So he influenced quite a few people right there mm. to go back fishing instead of them maybe staying where they were and hoping Christ would visit them again like he had done, or instead of them maybe saying, let's find Christ, let's let's see if we can be restored. He influenced them to go back. And I guess he and maybe them as well thought, do you think they thought it was all over? Do you think, you know, all the time they had spent with Christ, but do they, you think they thought they had failed so much that they were just finished? What, what do you think, Pastor Brad, just... Yeah, Going back to my old life. I think especially as looking at Peter as that leader in their mm-hmm. life, um, I, I think it's also interesting to look at when Christ is asking him, like, do you love me? That first time he asks, he says, mm-hmm. the first time he asks, you can watch, he says, do you love me more than these? More than these. And mm-hmm. two places, the commentary, the commentaries I was looking at kind of went with that, um, said it could go one of two ways depending on the length, like because of language that's presented, yeah. it would be, it could be the fish. Or it could even be referencing the disciples. So mm-hmm. do you love me more than the comfort in the fishing like you were talking about? Or do you even talk about the, the disciples around him? Like that idea of pride. Or like, mm-hmm. But Pe- mm-hmm. we, we watch Peter doesn't do the things that he did in the past, right? Like yeah. he learned from his mistakes. Yeah. And I, I think that's another piece of this story that's so beautiful in that of like the influence that he has, but also where his mind is at, the humility, what he's learned from all this. And and we see the other ones restored as well. We don't we don't see as many uh as much information in the scriptures mm. about them, but we realize that the other disciples all died pretty much all died as martyrs. Mm. Uh John didn't die as a martyr, but they tried to tried to martyr him. <laughs> so uh, it's evident they all received the transformation. So that does speak to Peter's leadership, I think as well, doesn't it? Mm. That he had a lot of influence with the other guys. But what powerful transformation and starts with the grace of God. And I think if there's anybody that heard your sermon, heard heard the sermon I preached on this, or that listens to the podcast, you know, sometimes we might think we failed and it's been too severe. Mm. But what Peter did was pretty severe. Yeah. I mean, he had been in the inner circle of the inner circle. If you think about it, Jesus had the 12 disciples, but when he did really special things, he had three. And Peter was in the innermost circle. And it's, you know, denying Christ after all of that, that's a pretty big failure. Yeah. Pretty big failure. But I like the fact that Christ came and found him. And I like the fact that Christ comes and finds all of us. Mm. So if you're listening and you feel like you failed the Lord, uh, or maybe you have a testimony in your life that you remember you thought it was all over, but Christ showed up. And he has a way of just showing up. And sometimes he'll show up at the when we least expect him. Mm. You know, I talked about at the beginning of the sermon Sunday of uh, an unexpected person arriving at your house. And I don't know if you guys have ever had that happen to you or not. And and maybe you have to make the decision. Am I going to turn the lights off and hide <laughs> in the room? Peek through the blinds. Peek, <laughs> peek through the blinds. 
but uh, am I going to throw some things in the closet and clean up this space, or am I going to try to step out on the porch? Ah, oh, it's a nice sunny day. Let's just talk out here. But uh, Jesus has a way of showing up when we least expect it, and when our lives are a mess, and we are so vulnerable, and we can't hide from him, and we don't need to. You know, Pastor Brad talked in the first segment about how we can't earn this. It's a gift. Mm. Salvation is a gift. But also, we can't clean ourselves up, and yeah. we, we, we don't need to. We don't need to, to try to hide our vulnerability. Jesus had this beautiful picture, this beautiful illustration. Come sit down with me. Let's talk about it. And I think that same invitation is extended to all of us right now. When he had him come, I really like this too. It says Jesus had already prepared some fish and bread, but he told them to bring the fish that they had just caught. Now I know, I know he helped them Mm -hmm. catch those fish, but I still see a picture here of bring to me what you have. He had the bread. I'll talk about that if we have time here in a second, but he told them to bring the fish they had just caught. And I think, there's such an illustration there, and I don't want to be extra biblical. And I was very careful as I preached this Sunday to say, we don't see the details, but to fix the fish, there is a process, right? To cook the fish, there is a process. And I can't help but wonder, did he take the fish that they had just caught? And is it kind of symbolic of their messed up lives? You know, a messy fish that has to be cleaned up, filleted, ready to cook, ready to become usable. Did he take that fish right in front of them and and did he clean them? Did he fillet them? Did he make them and cook them up and feed them? If he did, wouldn't it be such another beautiful illustration of how he teaches and how he shows us things? Well, I think it even points back to that teaching that he's given before of the kingdom of heaven. It's yeah. like bringing in the fish and yeah. cleaning them up. So great. I think I, I, I think what you said would go perfect with that. Yeah. I think it's supported by that. <laughs> of, of, of what he has already said. Yeah. Isn't he the ultimate teacher? Yeah. And not just when you look at and analyze the words of Christ, but the actions and the illustrations, the surroundings, the surroundings yeah. and how he conveys a thought. And he's able to, to really do that in such a deep way. And so they saw all of this, mm-hmm. right? And they saw him preparing the fish, most likely, I think, And I know this, this is definitely stated. He took the bread and began to break it with them. Mm. There's something powerful when Jesus picks up bread. He picked up the bread and fed 5,000. He picked up the bread at at the Last Supper and showed them this is symbolic of my body that's going to be broken for you. And you know they had to have felt that and seen that and pictured that. And here he is. I have paid that price. I have done that. And now let me share this with you and let me transform you. Let me restore you. What a powerful thought. The church said, amen. Amen. uh, (laughs) Hey, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening today. Join us next week on the Bad Preaching (laughs) Podcast.